This is WSFI Spotlight, a conversation with Catholics living in the light. Hi everybody, this is Mark Curran, and I'm here with Bonnie Quirk, my good friend and a long-time head of Lake County Right to Life and formerly the head of Illinois Right to Life as well. And Bonnie Quirk and I are going to be interviewing right now Stephen Mosier, who's out there. Stephen is, if you were to say, public enemy number one of uh, of uh, the Communist Party of China. He's, if you're not there, Stephen, you're pretty close, huh? I think so. I've been barred from China for almost thirty years. That says something about how much they dislike me. <laughs> so y'all can look up Stephen. Stephen is a very impressive individual. He has more degrees than I could possibly run through. I mean, he, while he was in the Navy, he went to nuclear power school. He has a bachelor's, master's in bio, biological oceanography, master's in uh, Eastern Asian studies, a master's in anthropology, his doctorate. But he's he's written seven books, and, and many of them on the East and, and China. The last one, The, the Bully of the East about China. I have that book. I've been reading that book. It's a great book. His contact information, pop.org, is the website. And you follow him on Twitter, stephenwmosier.org. But I'm just letting the listeners out there know Stephen Mosier is, there's nobody that knows more about China, I think, in America today than Stephen Mosier. So thank you for being with us. Well, it's good to be here today, Mark. So Bonnie, you wanted to start off by asking Stephen just about what's going on as far yeah. as the COVID. Stephen, you know, ladies always like to know what's going on. Uh, so tell us, fill us in. What what is going on with the Communist Party, the Chinese virus, and America? Well, let's let's take those questions in that order. Let's talk about uh, the Chinese Communist Party, and we should always be clear that we're talking about. Uh, the 92 million members of the Chinese Communist Party, which is the uh, the biggest and probably most corrupt uh, political organization on the planet, and, and not the Chinese people who are the first and foremost victims uh, of the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, we recently had, just a few days ago, we had a defector uh, from Hong Kong, originally from China, a well-known virologist come to us in the United States with reams of information about the origin of the China virus. And I think it's now clear from her testimony, now she continues to be debriefed by the FBI as we speak, that this virus uh, was made in a lab uh, in the Wuhan Institute of Virology in Wuhan, China, and it escaped from there. And then the, uh, I, I was about to say comedy of errors, but it's not funny at all, is it? The way that the Chinese Communist Party deliberately allowed this virus to spread uh, not just throughout China, but deliberately around the world. Even when they tried to stop its spread in China, they continued to allow flights to leave Wuhan and other Chinese cities for all parts of the world, effectively unleashing a biological weapon on the rest of humanity, for which the Chinese Communist Party should pay, I think, a very, very heavy price. So, Stephen, yeah, we hit on all that the last time we had Jan, just with regards to it, and it, it kind of begs the question, how do we get there? There's a business in, in Mundelein, which is in Lake County, Illinois, that they do all this business over there in China, and in the midst of the uh, coronavirus pandemic, if we're going to use their terms, they were getting their masks from, from Wuhan, China. I mean, it just defies logic that we've known China with their uh, 
what is it, a, a million executions and uh, four million forced abortions in the last, uh, what, 20 years? Yeah, well, and I think Governor Pritzker ordered Chinese masks. So uh, I think there were four states, if I'm, if I'm correct, that ordered masks from China, even though they were available in the United States. And from what I hear, the FBI picked up some in New York that tested positive for the virus. Do you know anything about that, Stephen? Well, you know, if, if you're making masks in the city of Wuhan, where the there is a real pandemic where a large percentage of the population got the coronavirus. It's not surprising that the mask would be uh, being made by sick people who probably didn't make them very well. A lot of these masks failed the test when they were actually tested to see if they performed as, uh, as the masks are supposed to fail the test and should never have been purchased in the first place. And, and some contamination is to be expected as well. So I know the governor of California as well, Gavin Newsom, placed a, uh, a huge order uh, in China on the expectation it would be delivered within a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the masks that came were defective, and he was told he wouldn't get the rest for uh, many weeks after that. So uh, all of this is being played by the Chinese Communist Party. Make no mistake about it. There are no private companies in China. There may be companies that claim to be private. But every company in China of any size is controlled by the Chinese Communist Party, has Communist Party members, has a Communist Party cell with a Communist Party secretary, and takes orders from the central government. So whatever happens, whatever comes from China, whether it's uh, uh, deadly uh, viruses or whether it's uh, drugs like fentanyl or whether it's uh, uh, counterfeit currency, the uh, customs has been intercepting shipments of counterfeit currency from China recently. Uh, whether it's uh, parts of guns uh, that have been shipped to the United States from China recently. All of this is done with a wink and a nod or an explicit order from the Chinese Communist Party. It is a one-party dictatorship. It is a totalitarian nightmare, and they know what's going on with their own borders, and they're trying to undermine uh, the United States and and destroy the United States and replace us as the leading power in the world, And, and they'll do anything in order to accomplish that end. And really that's their end game, is to destroy America and to establish themselves as, as the foremost power in the world, right? Yeah, there's no question about that. And you know, we, we should be very proud of uh, this administration, uh, the Trump administration, because in the last two weeks we've had the FBI director come out and speak openly about all of the espionage that uh, the Chinese Communist Party is doing in the United States. Uh, we've had the, uh, last week we had the Attorney General Bill Barr, uh, speak openly about China's plan to 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 undermine the United States and replace us as the dominant power in the world. And and that's just not a matter of uh, number two moving into number one and number one, which is us moving back into number two. Uh, they're not going to be happy with that. Uh, they want to turn China into not just the leading power in the world. They want to make the rest of us turn us into tributary states. Uh, you know, kowtowing to China, sending food to China, sending raw materials to China to fuel their industrial engine. And then we are to be passive consumers of Chinese products. Uh, that's not a world that, uh, that I want to live in. But that's the game plan uh, everyone in the administration now understands and everyone in America should understand. That's the game plan of the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, there is not room enough on the planet for a one-party dictatorship that wants to rule the world on the one hand and a free market uh, liberal democratic order 
that is currently existing, led by the United States on the other. One or the other will dominate the world of the future, and I want it to be us. So we understand, you know, the concept of jihad and people that subscribe to the fact that we're infidels and that they need to, uh, we need to submit or they kill us. What, what drives a, a nation of a billion people, you know, to just want to destroy America? I mean, what's in it for them if it's not a religious or philosophical quest? Right. Well, I think the difference is this: you've got you've got the uh, the leading Islamic power in the world is is uh, Iran. Uh, with 45 million people. And it's got a basically defunct economy, uh, barely limping along because of the very effective sanctions that the Trump administration has put in place. Uh, and, and the Iranian people who are very unhappy with the mullahs, very unhappy living under an Islamic dictatorship. And uh, of course, we've uh, taken out the leading terrorist, Soleimani, uh, and, and the level of terrorism in the Middle East has dropped since then. So that is a threat that has been contained. I know there are various radical terrorist groups throughout the Islamic world, but the Islamic world is not united in the same way that China is united. Uh, The Chinese Communist Party has harnessed the industry, the intelligence, uh, the hard work of 1.4 billion Chinese, and it is using uh, that intelligence and that hard work, that drive against us. So they have a much bigger... uh, base of of support from which to move against the rest of the world, and they constitute a much bigger threat. You know, uh, in the days of the Chinese Civil War, uh, back in the 1940s, uh, Chiang Kai-shek, who was the leader of the nationalist government, uh, said that uh, that he was fighting against the Japanese invaders, of course, but he was more worried about the Chinese Communist Party's Red Army, because he said the Japanese are a disease of the skin. We will eventually drive them out of China. They cannot hold China. But the disease caused by the Red Army, the Chinese Communist Party, is the disease of the heart, and it will kill us. The Chinese Communist Party is a disease of the heart. Um, Terrorism is a disease of the skin. They're pinpricks, they're painful, they cause damage, but they cannot destabilize and undermine and destroy the United States of America which is the goal of the Chinese Communist Party. So it's a different level of threat. It is literally an existential threat. And what bothers me, I think, is is also the the fact that the greed allowing these businesses to go into this country that, uh, you know, whatever, four million forced abortions in recent history, a million executions on their own people, a country that that, uh, destroys liberty all over the globe, clearly stood for everything evil, and here we have American corporations and American businessmen going over there and fueling, uh, you know, their, their attempts to, to destroy America and not having any qualms of conscience. I mean, what, what's wrong with us? Well, Stephen. Well, uh, we're we're go we're ahead. Getting, we're getting wise about that. Yeah. Uh, where where in your estimation are we in terms of China versus the United States? communism versus free market and the upcoming election uh, and the the tremendous uh, violence that's been uh, unleashed on our major cities and on our our monuments and our history uh, do you think there's a big tie in there oh I do I think the Chinese government is trying to uh, 
destabilize the United States in, in every possible way. And I think they're now being open about the fact that the ultimate ambition of China's leaders like Xi Jinping, President for Life Xi Jinping, is not to trade with the United States. It's to raid the United States. And so American businesses, Mark, to respond to your question, you know, appeasing the People's Republic of China may bring short-term rewards, but their goal is to replace American companies. So foreign companies that go into China and invest are forced to turn over the technology. And then instead of being allowed to flourish in the Chinese market, their technology is stolen. Uh, comp competition forces them out of China. So they're squeezed dry of their intellectual property and then squeezed back out of China. So, you know, China's political system is going in the wrong direction. Its, it's fundamental character has never changed. We remember the brutal massacre on Tiananmen Square on June 4th, 1989. That same kind of ruthlessness is on display in China right now. We have slaves in China today, literal slaves who are working in concentration camps. Most of them are minorities that go by the name of Kazakhs and Uyghurs and Tibetans. They're working in slave labor camps producing goods for export to the United States. That's a violation of U.S. law, by the way. Uh, importing prison-made goods into the United States. We fought against it for years. China has actually made its concentration camps run at a profit. And the concentration camps are filled with, um, they're filled with Christians, they're filled with Tibetans, Uyghurs, Kazakhs, uh, you name it. So, Stephen, what is it? Uh, you see most recently that Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz and I think uh, Sam Brownback, uh, who was a former uh, U.S. Senator, Chris Smith, a congressman, have all fall, fallen uh, under the uh, watch of China, and China is called for sanctions against them. What does that mean, and what's driving that, and how do they think they have any leverage? Well, what we did was we identified uh, a, a network of concentration camps in the far west of China, what's called Xinjiang. And in those concentration camps are between one and a half million and two and a half million uh, minority men, Uyghur men, who have been isolated there, forced to work making making uh, Apple and Nike products and other products. Uh, the women are left at home. The women are aborted and sterilized. So there will not be the next generation of, of Uyghur children because the women are being sterilized and aborted. The young people are being shipped to factories on the east coast of China and being put to work there as essentially slave labor as well, making goods for export to the United States. So it's genocide in real time. And we have sanctioned uh, senior Chinese government leaders for that genocide because we know that all power is concentrated at the top in China and that Xi Jinping and the members of the Communist Party's leadership group called the Politburo, the Political Bureau, are all responsible. We sanctioned a member of the Politburo. China responded by sanctioning Senator Rubio, uh, Senator uh, Ted Cruz, by sanctioning Ambassador at Large for Religious Freedom Sam Brownback, former Senator, as you mentioned, from Kansas, and uh, Congressman Christopher Smith. Uh, I found it very interesting. These are all Republicans. These have all been outspoken uh, in their criticism of the ongoing genocide in China and all the other human rights abuses against Christians and others. And I asked myself, where are the Democrats? Right. Uh, where they only is, seem where to, China only seems to have a problem with Republicans. What did Rubio and Cruz do? Well, they've been leading the charge to, to call attention to human rights abuses in the People's Republic of China uh, for years now. And, of course, Congressman Chris Smith on the House side is the leader of the Pro-Life Caucus, Republican from, uh, from New Jersey, who has been a critic of China for going on 
Well, ever since he's been in the House of Representatives going back to 1988, and then Senator Brownback, of course, as the ambassador at large for religious freedom, has focused a lot of his attention on the persecution of religious believers of all kinds in China. Uh, Catholics, Protestants, uh, underground church members, home church members, the list goes on and on. They're all suffering. They're all being persecuted because there can only be one religion in China, according to the Com Communist Party, and that is the religion of, uh, of communism. Yeah, you know, Stephen, maybe you, it would help if you could just enlighten some of the people out there, these young people sitting in the streets and, you know, uh, pr protesting and, and everything else, and they seem to think that they want socialism and, uh, you know, you even hear communism bannered about Marxism. What does that mean and what would that look like in America and how close are we to that? Well, it would mean, first of all, they would uh, lose control of their cell phones. Uh, they would be living in a kind of uh, uh, under, be, behind a high-tech uh, Great Wall, which prevented them from sending or receiving any text messages that were critical of the government. Uh, that's what happens in China. It would mean that they would receive a political credit score from the Chinese government. Uh, and if they say uh, critical things of the government, then they wouldn't be allowed to travel uh, they wouldn't be allowed to buy a home or a car. Uh, they might be arrested for saying things online. They'd lose their freedom of speech. If they tried to assemble in the streets, they would be let with, met with phalanxes uh, of uh, paramilitary police who would arrest them and take them for long prison terms in those concentration camps that we were talking about. It would be the end of freedom of association, freedom of speech, uh, freedom of religion. All of the freedoms that we cherish, that we've enjoyed since the founding of this country, would go by the wayside. That's what totalitarianism means. I just wish that uh, some of the young people in the United States could go to China or go to Venezuela or go to Cuba and live there for a, a period of time, get to know the people and find out from the people of China, as I did, uh, how horrific, how barbaric their life is under the misrule of communist parties. I think that would be the best antidote to uh, to what we're seeing on the streets of America today. I mean, everyone should remember that what has allowed America to succeed is the free enterprise system, the rule of law, the security afforded by uh, the police and, and the military against aggressors from outside and inside our country. Uh, greater freedom uh, cannot be found in, in one-party dictatorships. A world marching to the beat of Chinese communist uh, So, Stephen, that, these are great suggestions that these young people that actually if they actually went to these places and saw how horrible they are. Um, I don't know, you know, that, that that's going to happen, but, um, you know, I, I look at uh, why is it Rubio and Cruz are out there speaking and nobody else is? Are, we, are these people all compromised that represent us in Washington, the congressmen and the senators? Are they compromised? Are they pay? you know, does China own them? What's going on that there's no... Uh, integrity to speak up on these issues? Well, the Chinese Communist Party compromises elites. Uh, they will go into uh, the, the U.S. Congress. They will visit uh, members of the Senate and the House. They will invite them on all-expense-paid trips to China. Uh, they will give their family members sweetheart deals in China. That is, they will, they will co-opt them. They will bribe them. They will suborn them. Uh, and once you you know, once you accept the first bribe, you might as well accept all the rest because uh, you're compromised and they can blackmail you. I think a lot of American politicians, not all of them by any means, but a lot of them have been approached. Uh, some have been compromised. 
we know some of the stories of how they've been compromised. Uh, how is it that the uh, former vice president of the United States son was able to get a 1.5 billion, that's billion with a B, dollar investment in, in, in his small uh, investment firm? Well, that's not something that would be available to anyone who was not uh, the son of a powerful political figure in the United States. I think that sort of thing has happened again and again. We only know a few of the stories, but I think there are many, many more stories to be told. China is looking to compromise everybody everywhere. They've even tried, Mark, to compromise me. I've been invited to go to China and give lectures and offered a generous lecture piece. Even and if they'll try to compromise banned. me, uh, they, 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 they never give up on anybody. And, of course, I didn't go. But you can see the effort is massive. It's ongoing. And, uh, you know, we've, we've got to, uh, to, to call that to light. What, what efforts do you think, Stephen, uh, are being made to, uh, to get that message out? Uh, you know, the rule of law is going by the wayside. Our First Amendment rights, to some extent, are going by the wayside. So how do you, how do you see this playing out, especially with a crucial upcoming election? Well, I, I think we have to understand, and it's good that we're talking about this today. People need to understand that the the second largest country in the world, run by the Chinese Communist Party, has an orchestrated campaign. It has many tentacles uh, in the United States seeking to op exploit the openness of our institutions in order to destroy them. There have been credible accounts of Chinese uh, operatives participating in riots in Washington, D.C. and in Santa Monica, California. So some of that interference is direct. I think a lot of it is indirect. Uh, to secure, you know, freedom and prosperity for our children and grandchildren, we need to be aware of this threat. And we need to be aware that we now finally have in Washington an administration that is not only fully aware of the China threat, but is willing to do things about it, to put tariffs on Chinese-made goods to stop the theft of intellectual property, to launch counter-espionage investigations of the massive theft of American intellectual property that goes on day and night in this country, to call Chinese officials to account when they commit literal genocide uh, in China, uh, taking people to concentration camps, and then have the gall to use those same people to produce goods and sell them to innocent Americans. Uh, this needs to be a whole-of-government approach between the public and private sectors, but most importantly, we need to have people in the Senate and in the House and, and in the White House who understand the China threat. Uh, I don't want to be in the middle of a second Cold War, but like it or not, we are, and China has declared it on us. And if we don't respond, uh, we will lose. We've won, uh, we won the first Cold War, and we can do it again. Uh, but we need to stand together. We need to stand for America. We need to stand for freedom. So, Dr. Mosher, one of the things that uh, you, you've written extensively on, and, you know, you have more degrees in biology than anybody I've seen, and you were the first one, really, to speak about the fact that the, uh, the, the coronavirus came out of that Wuhan lab and that it wasn't an accident and all the rest. So, my question is, you've been following what America has been doing in terms of our response why does it make sense or not? You know, obviously, now Chicago, they want to lock down all these restaurants again. Um, you know, they want to arrest people if they don't have masks. They're making kids wear masks. They're not going to have sports and all the rest. So help us understand what we're doing right or wrong. 
Well, America was founded by individuals who are pioneering a new life and a new continent. And they've always come together to decide for themselves at local levels uh, how they should run their lives. And, of course, the fundamental unit of society is the family. And uh, the family is, is responsible for its own well-being in most cases. Government should only intervene in, in absolutely uh, necessary cases. We should simply, I believe, tell uh, the American people what the risks are uh, from the, getting the China virus, what the treatments are that are available, how masks work in some circumstances, may not work so well in other circumstances, and let Americans, by and large, decide for themselves what level of risk they're willing to sustain. If you're young and healthy, uh, if, you're, if you're a small child, you're probably not even going to, to know that you have the coronavirus if you get it. Uh, if you're young and healthy, you're probably not going to get more than, than, uh, than, than a you know, severe case of the flu at worst. So protect the vulnerable. Let everyone else get on with their lives. I'm very much afraid that this has all become political, Mark. Uh, we're, what, four months away from an election, and everything that's being five done days. Uh, by, by one political party is, is absolutely done for political purposes to help them in the next election. I hate to see that. This is not public health. This is not science. This is imposing a desired political outcome on what should be scientific decisions about opening schools, for example. We should be opening schools. Restaurants. Social di- we can social distance and, and not drive all the restauranteurs in Chicago out of business. Uh, we can we can socially distance and not shut down all the mom and pop stores. Uh, there's a lot we could be doing, but the heavy-handed approach on the part of some officials. I was originally from California. The reaction of, of Governor Newsom in California is absolutely outrageous. It bears no resemblance to the science or the facts on the ground. We're learning how to treat this thing. Uh, the the mortality rate continues to go down. We're developing new therapies. There's a vaccine, effective vaccine on the horizon now. Uh, things are moving in the right direction. Why shut down the economy again? Right. So, Stephen, uh, a friend of mine, Ann Oakley, just sent me a, a little uh, question that she was intrigued by. So, George Soros, um, is he involved in any of this funding of uh, what's going on in, in terms of um, either the China or, or Russia connection or, or anything else? Is, is, he seems to be behind everything. Yeah, well, $220 million is a pretty good chunk of change. Of course, it's only a small part of uh, George Soros's multi-billion dollar fortune. He's one of the wealthiest men in the world. But he's poured a couple hundred million dollars in the development of these radical groups uh, that we have come to know as uh, uh, some of them uh, go under the banner of uh, BLM. Some of them go under the banner of Antifa. They've got multiple names. Uh, he's put in place uh, dozens of local uh, attorney generals who are determined to use the power of the law to punish their political enemies. Um, so yeah, he's, he's a very nasty piece of work and he's working as best he can to undermine American institutions and, and move us in a direction where uh, the government will take more and more control over our lives. So, is this so too I'm, con- not, uh, I'm not is this a big too- fan of George Soros. So, uh, Dr. Moser, would this be too uh, much of a conspiracy theorist to think that, uh, you know, the Wuhan virus and um, Thoros, who obviously wants to destroy America as we know it, that somehow they're, they're either they're working in tandem with China or is it uh, just purely coincidental 
that we had this virus unleashed upon us, and next thing you know, we're going to destroy every small business in America. Well, I think that there are a lot of uh, you know left-wing opportunists jumping on this particular bandwagon. I'm not sure that anyone knew. I'm not sure the Chinese Communist Party knew that it was going to to leak a uh, a bioweapon in development out of its lab in Wuhan. But once it happened, of course, it sought to play it to its advantage. And that's why it allowed it to spread around the world. In the same way, Soros, who's been working assiduously and spending hundreds of millions of dollars to undermine the rule of law in the United States and to help groups uh, like Antifa get organized over the years, uh, they seized upon this opportunity to cause chaos and confusion and add to the turmoil and economic pain caused by the, the China virus. So, uh, you know, these the leftists all understand one thing. They understand that you never let a crisis go to waste. <laughs> and boy, they have jumped into this crisis with both feet, and they're trying to so unsettle and so destabilize the United States, I think, that many Americans in despair will say, well, we better elect their friends to, to uh, to Congress and to the White House, because only their friends in the left wing of the Democrat Party will be able to stop the violence. That's exactly the wrong play. That's exactly the wrong approach. Uh, they're trying to hold us hostage and force us to vote for the party that caused uh, the the, the uh, is contributing to the pandemic and is is behind the riots and the demonstrations. We shouldn't do that. Well, we should vote for law and order. That's the only thing that will save this country from further chaos. Uh, Stephen, I think they're achieving their goal to some extent because the average American citizen is so afraid of this virus. And uh, with the distancing and the mask, even though it may be appropriate in some instances, has created isolation and fear. And then you add to it the media, which continues to droll on and on and on about the the death rate, which if you do simple math is not correct, uh, but uh, but people are so afraid. They're afraid to even come out. Uh, they're they're afraid that I guess that if they hear a knock on their door, the virus is there instead of their neighbor. Are there efforts at at a level? say with the president's uh, task force to be more vocal about uh, a lessening of the fear for the average person? I think that the, the president's decision to start uh, holding uh, uh, China virus uh, press briefings again uh, is a good one uh, because there's nothing uh, that reassures the American people like having uh, the president himself come up and speak openly and honestly, as he always does, ab about the real situation, about the real uh, number. The real reason we have so many cases because we're testing so many people, and because even if you're COVID positive, that's uh, for antibodies, uh, you're 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 charted down, you're marked down as having uh, the COVID-19 uh, disease itself, which is not true. So I think a lot of that uh, is a lot of the misinformation is going to be cleared up. Uh, by these uh, daily uh, press briefings, but look, are the are the is the are the Democrats condoning this current social chaos as a part of a strategy to overthrow Trump? Uh, absolutely, I think welcome to the 2020 presidential campaign. As Trump is holding rallies, 
uh, the Democrats supporting leftists are holding riots. And, right. you know, you may be forgiven for thinking that uh, a significant minority of your fellow Americans have gone stark raving mad. They haven't. There are no more radical Marxists in America today uh, than there were six months ago. But they've come out of their hidey holes, and they're now being encouraged by some in the media. They're now being encouraged by uh, some in the left wing of the Democrat Party. Uh, and they'll, they're telling you, they're giving Americans the impression they will only call off their carefully staged managed revolution if you put them back in power. And we shouldn't allow that to happen. Uh, the COVID panic is, is playing into that as well. It's being exaggerated for political effect. I was very happy to see that the counting of the numbers is no longer going to be done by the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, because they were exaggerating the numbers. People die in a motorcycle accident and it's called a COVID-19 death. That's nonsense. Uh, we need to have accurate numbers. We don't now. Right. Hey, Stephen, so here's the, the question. You see what's going on. Um, in Illinois, all these small businesses had to close. And the big yeah. boxes, Walmart, got to stay open. 70% of Walmart's goods are from China, or roughly thereabouts. And, you know, Walmart makes as much money for China, more money for China than it does for America. So, what's going on there? And the politicians, obviously, they're the ones that uh, take the money from Walmart and make Wal sure Walmart gets a special sweetheart deal and the small business guy gets killed. Um, you know, for somebody that's had to run for office myself, it, it's tough to get these these corporations, they pay the people that they think are going to do their dirty work and the voters just don't get it and there's all this money in politics. I mean, how are we going to how are we going to fix this and get China's boot off of our neck and kick these bums out and tell everybody that these corporations are greedy and it's not it's not it has not been fair trade at all and free trade is is almost an immoral concept you know it's neither good nor bad it has to be uh, it has to be regulated on some level yeah the um, American companies like Walmart have to understand the stakes uh, if Walmart and other American corporations say Nike or Disney continue to bow to Beijing they will undermine not only their own competitiveness and prosperity, they will undermine the free market society, the, the classical liberal order that allowed them to thrive in the first place. They're cutting out the very ground on which they stand. And that ground on which they stand is the American uh, wisdom and ingenuity and resources of, uh, of the United States of America and its people. It's the ground on which they stand is the rule of law, respect for property rights free elections and all the other freedoms we, we too many people in the U.S. now take for granted. They have to stand together. You know, if individual companies are afraid to make a stand. There's strength in numbers. Uh, everybody needs to band together. And if they stand together, uh, they, will, they, will, they can stand up against the Chinese Communist Party. If not, they will be picked off one by one. Thanks. So this is, you've been listening to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio with our guest today, Stephen Mosier. Stephen's been uh, a friend and has advised me on in the past. He's the guy that first told us what happened in Wuhan. He is the biggest expert I know on China, and it's been a real pleasure with Bonnie Quirk. Thank you. This has been WSFI Spotlight. 
For more information on this or any other program, email info at WSFIRadio.com.